Into the darkness, light, but too much, and right back into the dark. Heat wave across the western United States. Record highs leading to rolling blackouts and inland residents flocking to the beach. It wouldn't be 2020 without more complications. Unprecedented heat this week in the western United States, Death Valley in Southern California reaching 130 degrees, the highest temperature on Earth in almost 100 years. From Washington to Mexico, temperatures up 10 to 15 degrees higher than average, electricity demands skyrocketing, meaning rolling blackouts in order not to blow the system. Meanwhile, hundreds flocking to the beach for cooler weather. Officials concerned about COVID cases rising with people gathering to escape the heat. Just another 2020 week. If you can't handle the heat, get out. Good advice until the heat is all around. Better advice? Look to Jesus. Trust him amid the heat. Not escapism from hard times, just faith to sustain you through all times. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a program called Soul Care. If there's one thing we've learned in the past few months, it's that our world is very broken. And I'm not just talking about coronavirus or the renewed calls for racial justice. Those are real, and we need to take them seriously. I'm talking about depression and anxiety. One in four college students have reported thoughts of suicide over the past months while in lockdown. One in four. The number is shocking, and it shows us just how broken our world is. Our youngest, most vibrant citizens are increasingly entertaining the thought of ending it all. That is saddening. How many others have considered this? Isolation and loneliness have taken a real toll on our spirits and minds. Well, this week, I want us to find hope as we seek to truly care for our souls and how we need to turn our eyes to the good physician, Jesus Christ, to do that. True soul care is entrusting yourself to the one who can truly heal you. In a moment, we're going to turn to God's word. We're going to see how Jesus healed a paralyzed, anxious, and desperate man. But before we do that, we'll look to see how Charles Spurgeon himself struggled with not only depression, but suicidal thoughts. He says, I wonder every day that there are not more suicides, considering the troubles of this life. And then one of the things that Charles does with that empathy is talks about when he himself has uh, suffered that same temptation. And so he comes as a, a fellow friend, a companion who understands Pastor Zach Eswine, he'll be back to talk with us about suicide and depression and Charles Spurgeon. Yes, you heard me right, Charles Spurgeon. That may surprise you to many listening, that the Prince of Preachers suffered from depression very deep at times, but he found his daily hope in looking to Christ. And you'll find the same hope when you read Zach's book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. After the program, I want to send you a copy of this book for your gift to the ministry. You just need to call us at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or go online and download the first chapter from the book and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. 
And now, let's open up with a song called Abide With Me. I have a home, eternal home, but for now I walk this broken world, and walked it first, you know our pain, but you show hope can rise again up from the grave. Abide with me Abide with me Don't let me fall And don't let go Walk with me And never leave Ever close God abide with me Matt Mayer opening this Haven Today from his album Saints and Sinners and Abide With Me here on a Haven Today called Soul Care. I'm Charles Morris. One of the most overwhelming things in life is the idea of suicide. Now, I want our series this week to be filled with hope. I want you to find hope, to have the grace of Jesus Christ shining in your life. But as I said at the beginning, suicide rates are climbing. And if you know someone or you personally are struggling against this tide, I pray this program speaks life into your soul. Back with us again, Pastor Zach Hesswine in St. Louis. Zach, one subject we haven't talked about in the last few days with you is suicide. You talk about this in your book, Spurgeon's Sorrows. Do you mind speaking to us as a pastor? 
How would you encourage any of us who have struggled with these thoughts? Maybe some have even tried to take their own life. How do we as Christians talk about and think about suicide? Well, it's just um, almost too agonizing for words, especially if you're a parent. Yes. And it's your child. Yes. Or a child and it's your parent or a sibling or a best friend. It's just to encounter someone who's feeling that way is it feels so helpless and we want to try to fix it. And one of the things we learn from Charles Spurgeon is, is number one, he says this, this is a quote from him that from the Prince of Preachers. He says, I wonder every day that there are not more suicides considering the troubles of this life. And then one of the things that Charles does with that empathy is talks about when he himself has uh, suffered that same temptation, that same painful longing to just find relief. And and so he comes as a, a fellow friend, a companion who understands, rather than as a critic or as someone who judges. And what Charles Spurgeon does is he points us to the provision of God. And so in the Bible itself, some of our greatest heroes have wanted to end their life. And so Spurgeon points us to that, to, to Jeremiah or uh, to uh, Jonah and reminds us of Elijah and, and how God ministered to us. And so he reminds us that wanting to end our life isn't a sin. Rather, God's provided sympathy, empathy, uh, fellow friends, exemplars who've walked that way in the Bible. And then when we look at the Psalms, like Psalm 77 or like Psalm 88, uh, God has provided prayers for us in the Word. It's like he's given us language for how to talk about sorrow and even life itself. You're absolutely right, Zach. One of the reasons I treasure the Psalms, you mentioned Psalm 88, the darkest of all Psalms, I think. It doesn't end on a typical high note like other Psalms. It ends in suffocating depression. Darkness is my only friend. I already said I've felt that before, and I know you have too. So many psalms written by believers express this deep sadness. But Spurgeon, back to him again. He also found comfort in the life of Job as well, didn't he? Sure. Spurgeon also would point us to the words of Job and how Job tells us he loathes his life. And he calls upon us to understand, not like Job's friends, but to understand how it is that someone could feel that way, the kind of internal mental misery someone must feel where they think that to end their life would bring the relief that they need. And so Charles Spurgeon, you know, reminding us of Paul uh, grappling with should he stay or go, uh, he reminds us that sometimes the, the question that we feel of wanting to die, sometimes it's a sane question. It makes all the sense in the world in light of the circumstantial trauma that we face or the biological pain that we live with. He says even saints can desire to die. And starting from that place of empathy, he invites us to come alongside of someone. Now, from that place of empathy, uh, he will also appeal to a person not to end their life. And he will he will do it in this way. He'll, he'll remind us. He'll say things like, circumstances are hard. Life will only be bad always, someone will think. But then Spurgeon will remind us, um, we, can't, we can't actually know the future. And then he'll tell us about Elijah, who wanted to die. And then 
the best parts of Elijah's life came later. And if Elijah had ended his life hmm. thinking that there was no relief, thinking that he all he knew the future and the future will, would be always bad at all the time, uh, Spurgeon reminds us that Elijah was comforted by God with food, with hmm. rest, with nourishment, with time, with promises. He was restored. And then the best things that Elijah in his depression could never imagine actually came to pass. And that's one of the things we, we want to remind ourselves, not in a trite way, but from that place of agonizing empathy, that depression tells us that we know the future, and we actually don't. And so we appeal to one another to trust the one who knows the future, to put, again, the deepest cares of our hearts into the hands of the one who knows the future, and to trust that tomorrow can be different than we imagine it. Now, that's no trite thing, but that was Charles Spurgeon's hope, and that's what he taught. Mm-hmm. Pastor Zach Heswine, you not only minister to my soul today, I pray you minister to everyone listening today. I'm so thankful that you could be on with me again on this program. Thank you, Charles. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. And if you're really struggling with suicidal thoughts, or you're depressed and need someone to pray with, why don't you call us? We'd love to pray with you and point you to people who can help in the name of Jesus. I'll give you our phone number again at the end of the program, but it's 800-654-2836. Or you can email us a prayer request. If you're feeling really alone and you've thought about taking your life, our website is Haven Today. Those who are healthy have no need of a physician. Jesus told us that. It's only those who are broken and sick who need help. And Jesus came to find the lost and the broken, to take them in and heal them. So many stories in the four Gospels are about Jesus, the good physician, finding and healing the broken. Too many of us in this season of isolation have forgotten this. Yes, we know that Jesus died and rose again, but we forget that he cares about us. We know he loves us, but we forget he wants to be with us. It reminds me of a story from the book of John's Gospel. There was a sick man who was all alone, and he met the good physician at a pool in Bethesda. The story comes from John 5. Let me read it to you right now. Now, there's in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said this to him in John 5, 8. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat, and he walked. Now that's a powerful story from the life of Jesus, the good physician. The man Jesus met was a lot like us, but maybe we didn't see it right away. He was paralyzed He was desperate, and he was alone. I've been to this pool. I always go there when I help lead a tour to Israel. 
it's still there. You can see the columns. It's been dug out, but there's no water and there's no angel stirring that pool that doesn't exist today. How many of us have felt paralyzed in the last few months, unable to do anything, unable to go anywhere? But it goes deeper than that. Paralyzed with fear that we might contract a lethal virus. Paralyzed financially. Unsure if the economy is going to recover. Still unsure if we'll be able to get out of debt and make ends meet. Maybe some of that sounds like you. I've spoken to a lot of people over the past few months. And our team here at the ministry certainly has, as we've been praying for people. So many feel stuck. Paralyzed. And it can crush you. It was crushing that poor man back there at that pool, which is on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And it's just a taste of what our own sin will do. Sin isolates us from life. It isolates us from the Lord. Sin makes us unable to care for our souls. Sin will crush us in the end. I felt the weight of sin so much stronger in these past months. It's reminded me how desperate we are without the grace of of Jesus Christ. The man at the pool in Bethesda was desperate. 38 years of watching others get in the pool before he could. More than anything, he wanted to be healed. More than anything, we need to be healed, and we can't do it ourselves. Just like that man, we were stuck watching others get healed ahead of us. It wasn't until Jesus came, and Jesus broke in. And that's how it always works, isn't it? Jesus breaks in. He asks the question of the man, do you want to be healed? And he heals us in the midst of our sorrow, in the midst of our brokenness. When we're desperate to be healed of the sin that keeps nagging at us, Jesus comes to us and speaks life into us, empowers us to take up our mat, our bed, to get up and walk. And it answers our deepest need. And that's the need to be loved. The most heart breaking line in the story we just shared from John 5 was this, I have no one to help me. It's one thing to be paralyzed, like the man in Luke 5, whose friends lowered him through the roof to get to Jesus up there in Capernaum, about, a, oh, I don't know, 80 to 90 miles north of Jerusalem. It's another thing to be paralyzed down in Jerusalem and all alone, to be broken with no one to help you. How many have succumbed to that in these dark days? The pain is too much to bear alone. You may think like the man in John 5 that you have no one. Don't believe the lie. Christ has come. He suffered. He went through the darkest pain, and he went there for you and for me, for all those who put their faith in him, in Christ your Savior. You are never alone. I will say that word again. Never we have to hang on to that right now. Your soul needs it, and it needs it desperately, just like that man all those years ago. We need to know that the Lord doesn't just love us from a distance. He comes close, and he gives us the strength to get up and walk. And his promise remains, I'm with you now and until the end of the age. Brothers and sisters in Christ, now more than ever, we need to hang on to that promise, to know the Lord will not leave us alone, that we aren't by ourselves. We have Him, and if we have Him, even if we're in a valley, we have all that we 
will ever need. we need to hear today. We need to walk side by side with each other in this life. Whether you struggle with depression or not, Christians are called to carry one another's burdens. And I'm thankful 
We could have Pastor Zach Heswine on the program again with us today. He's done such an amazing job of offering hope for those who struggle with depression and sadness and loneliness and, as I was talking about earlier, even suicide or suicidal thoughts. And you might be surprised that even the late great preacher Charles Spurgeon suffered from depression and even thought of ending his own life. I really want you to have a copy of Zach Heswine's book, Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. The book addresses the nature of depression with compassion and understanding and, I'll even say it, hope. There is hope in Jesus for those struggling to find it. All you need to do right now is pick up your phone and call us. We ask for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. We'll get you your copy of the book as quickly as we can. The shipping is free. Here's the number to call, 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. And to help you, we've received permission from the publisher to actually put up the first chapter of the book, Spurgeon's Sorrows, on our website. And you can read that before you get the full book in the mail. Just visit our website. You can make your gift there and order the book. But you can also read the first chapter at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And not to forget, you can still get a copy of the feature film DVD, I Still Believe, the story of Jeremy Kemp. Just as his career was starting, he and his first wife faced her cancer. And they did it with hope in Jesus. This movie will encourage you in the hot August of 2020. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll talk about soul care. But we'll do that in light of the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Up until this point, it had been a really nice evening. But then, sitting around the table, someone did something completely out of place. It was socially awkward and embarrassing. This was the scene of the Last Supper. Jesus had quietly gotten up and started to wash his disciples' dirty feet. But Simon Peter was having none of it. And you know what? I don't think you and I would have felt any differently. So the answer that Jesus gave to Peter really applies to all of us. He said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And here's the point. We're filthy in our sin. And there's only one way to get clean, and that's to let Jesus do the washing. It's the only way. You can get your Anchor devotional delivered in print monthly at getanchor.com.